From the creators of Lime Voice and disappearing from society comes a brilliantly simple idea. But this time, it comes as a voice. Imagine a world in which birds can talk like people. You'll get a bird's eye view of life with Lyme disease, as one bird family must unite to overcome the obstacles of life with Lyme disease. Guaranteed to make you laugh and cry. Written in a way that helps you articulate the losses you are experiencing as a household, while simultaneously empowering you to keep fighting. Little Bite, Big Trouble is available today at Amazon.com. And I remember just being so envious because his pain had an identity. They knew what was wrong and he was going to be out of pain within hours. They were just going to go in and do a surgery. And I was like physically angry with him for having such an easy diagnosis. And I just thought, I mean, I was truly envious of him and he's writhing in pain and I'm thinking... This sucks so bad because my pain is so off the charts. It I can't even describe it. And yet, and it's gone on for years. Yeah. How you feel like a flake. You feel like a loser. You feel like maybe all of life it, just life doesn't make sense. The pain is so overwhelming. Congratulations, Lime Fighter. Today, you had the courage to open your eyes and face another day. Welcome to Lime Voice. We're your hosts, Aaron and Sarah Sanchez. This show's purpose is to help you put the puzzle pieces of Lime into place. Each episode is designed to inspire, to educate, and to encourage you on your Lime journey to wellness. Together, we will fight. Together, we will heal. And together, you will live. Hello, everybody. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about pain. And uh, this was a surprisingly hard episode for Sarah and I to record. We had actually hoped to do a recording uh, with an uh, an interview, and our plans didn't come through. Uh, Next week, we hope to actually have an interview uh, with someone other than ourselves, so you don't get bored with us. But this was an important, uh, really important issue it was extremely hard to record. I think we ended up recording it three, four times, um, just because there's so much information uh, regarding the topic of pain uh, that we wanted to communicate. We just couldn't get it down in a in a, a under an hour. So uh, this was a very labored episode. I hope you understand what where we were coming from. Again, as all of our medical issues, these are our opinions. Please consult with your uh, primary doctor or your specialist doctor and uh, uh, be in communication with them about how to treat uh, your disease. And uh, because it is so important uh, that you communicate with them because each disease is is different. Every person is different, and Lyme is a tricky one, and you have to be proactive. You have to be a real fighter just to survive the day. 
Hello, Lime Voice. No, that's me. <laughs> uh, hello, everybody. My name is Aaron Sanchez. Today, I am doing something uh, that I've been wanting to do for a long time. I am interviewing my wife, Sarah Sanchez, on the topic of pain. And here at Lime Voice, we like to talk about um, a fight, heal, live story. So tell me a story where you figured out that this is abnormal. This is not a, this is not a normal thing. Okay. I think really, at least in my case, I actually had thousands of these moments where I was literally perplexed by my own body because I'm like, this shouldn't be hurting this bad. Mm -hmm. Or I stubbed my toe and it was just unbearable and like, I shouldn't be hurting this bad. So I think that for anyone who deals with chronic pain, you go through thousands of those. Like, <laughs> trying to trying to figure out what's not quite right um mm -hmm. but one one specific instance just sticks in my head because I thought it was as it was happening I just kept thinking this is so pathetic I can't believe this is my life and we were in the ER for one of many I was always in the ER because so many things were going wrong right. and um it was a typical visit I just got to a breaking point where I felt like my pain levels were so high, I just could not endure it. And so the only thing I knew to do was go to the ER. Um, and they were, you know, treating me like like they normally do. You know, they question you. They assume you're probably a drug seeker. They asked you about your depression. Um and I knew I was on my way out. Like nothing was gonna come of this. So mm -hmm. we had just wasted several hours a couple hundred dollars, and again, nothing was coming from it. Right. And there was this young man sitting across as I was like waiting for my discharge papers, which could be two hours depending oh, on yeah. <laughs> what's going on. So they're not helping you, but they also won't release you to go home. And um, so hours mm -hmm. are passing. And this guy who was about my age was there with a parent, and he, he was writhing in pain like he was rolling on his stomach and like holding his side and he had a burst appendix and they were in the process of getting him scheduled and you know the ambulance was going to take him downtown and stuff and I remember just being so envious because his pain had an identity they knew what was wrong and he was going to be out of pain within hours they were just going to go in and do a surgery yeah and I was like physically angry with him for having such an easy diagnosis. And I just thought, I mean, I was truly envious of him. And he's writhing in pain. And I'm thinking, this sucks so bad because my pain is so off the charts. It, I can't even describe it. And yet, and it's gone on for years. Yeah. How? you feel like a flake. You feel like a loser. You feel like maybe all of life, it, just life doesn't make sense. The pain is so overwhelming and yeah. so distorts things and distorts emotion and it just overrides everything. And so I just remember being so envious of him because his ordeal was going to be done in a day or so. And yeah. I knew in a day or so that I would just be waiting to see another specialist. Yeah. Yeah, that is an incredibly dark place. So 
you know, so going back to to our listeners, what what about this story do you want them to learn from? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, obviously hindsight is easier. I feel like for so many years I really worried about being becoming addicted to the paid medicine that I was taking. Sure. That I didn't have... And I grew up in a home where there wasn't even ibuprofen or anything. And, um, but I, ha- well, I wasn't in pain, you know, a pain would be like a headache and then it would go away. Mm-hmm. And when pain doesn't go away, it requires you to just function so much differently. And so I wish I, that someone would have said all the only side of it I ever heard was you're in pain here, try taking this. And, but then we really had to wrestle through. Right how much pain medicine is okay to be taking. And ultimately, like, you don't want to be living on eight to nine supplements or eight to nine prescriptions, many of which are different types of pain medicine and the emotional ups and downs of being on pain medicine. medicine The side effects. effects Oh, yeah. Each medicine, I I usually had at least one or three side effects to go with every medication. And so then Mm. you're dealing with... And pills to fix those side effects. Yeah. A lot of pills, a lot of toxins going in your body. And so... But that was the only side. I only ever heard about the don't become dependent side. Right. Nobody ever said, hey, by the way, you're really, really sick. This is just part of life as a sick or dying person. And of course, like when people are dying and which is what you're doing, your body is shutting down on you really, which is why you're in so much pain with Lyme is your organs are just being attacked, your nerves, all these different aspects of pain. But nobody said like, hey, this is just part of the journey. Like when your pain levels get back under control, we'll get you off at that time. There was always this push to quit taking pain meds, and and I didn't know well, anything else. Yeah, and see, and you you brought a good point because hopefully our listener out there has a diagnosis um, or is suspecting a diagnosis. Right. So the, you know the important part to realize in our story here is we were trying to fix something that had a that that the doctors were planning on curing. Like, for instance, when you had your car accident. So you were involved in a car accident. Right. They gave you pain meds. Eventually, your symptoms from the surgery... Should have... Or from the accident should have released and I should have gotten off those medications. But that wasn't the problem. The the, The cause of the pain was Lyme itself. And yes, you started taking pain meds at that moment. That was taking care of the symptoms and the Lyme pain. Temporarily. Temporarily. Right. But in the, so the time frame that they gave us for you to be done with your surgery, whatever it was, 12, 12 weeks, came and went and you're still in pain. You still need pain meds. They're saying you should be done with it. But. At that point, we didn't realize that the pain meds were actually going to solve the Lyme pain as well as the back pain. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Okay. So, once you have the diagnosis, 
then you can say, okay, now we're, now we're treating not just a trauma, we're treating long-term. And that is why going to a pain clinic is a, because a pain clinic is a long-term approach to pain. Right. Right. That's a really good point. And when we go to the ER, and this is what we were doing. Correct. We yeah, were that's doing, a great point. We were doing an ER, a trauma visit fix. Uh, yeah, your trauma should be over now. You, your gosh, babe, I don't even think I'd put it. I wouldn't have thought of it, but that's what we are doing. We're trying to treat a chronic illness through the ER, right? Because w- the treatment I was currently getting through my primary and stuff was inadequate, mm-hmm. and so just being in that place of just extreme pain, total hopelessness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were wanting them to fix a chronic issue but and i remember thinking and telling you okay maybe this maybe this time when i go in and say it they'll know what's going on like i just kept thinking them okay i couldn't stay home anymore and just exist because the pain was so off the charts but i just kept thinking the more people i get in front of eventually someone will know what's going on and that was what my hope was within well, yeah. those visits. And essentially that is what happened. It was a try Yeah, trial eventually and, we did find some trial and error. So now we're trying to prevent that with our, our listeners and hopefully direct them at least get them on the path. You know, obviously yeah. you need to speak with your doctor and always be in communication, you know, with your doctor. But for us we found out that there is such a thing as a pain clinic. And now we're taking a long term effect. And so to be able to switch to that, that's when you can allow dependency to become part of the long term. Now, the long term effects of using pain meds. Right. We realized. uh, And so this is kind of the part. This is another. This is great part to lead into our heal section. We have our diagnosis. We we need to do a long term approach. So as we started to look into that long-term approach, there's a there's a big debate as we're talking dependency versus addiction. We can we put those two together when in reality, yes, you were dependent on those to function because you were sick. Because I was sick, right. right? But see, even that, you know, for so many years, yes, I had a diagnosis of fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue. But I didn't have a diagnosis. And so that was a huge part. And there's so many people out there who mm-hmm. are in that in that realm of things starting not to work, years turn you know, the years are getting stuck together by one thing or another, not working correct with your body. And right. And and it it just needs to be talked about that those differences exist. You have to treat problems. If you have a chronic problem, you have to come up with chronic solutions. And so I... Right. And if I can interrupt you just a little bit there, and that I think is the important part that our listener needs to come to is that dependency is okay in a long-term approach, right? Yeah. I mean, you you don't have any choice really yeah. when when pain does not go away and i know that there's a lot of people out there who 
you know, I just think it's part of the process when, when your pain doesn't go away, you have to start wrestling with those things. Like, mm-hmm. oh, am I, am I addicted? Is this something that is being caused by one of the many medications I'm taking? You know, you have I to know. problem solve for, I mean, you spend years and years problem solving and we've, um, right. You're, you're so right, babe. And, and that's where I think we can really, if, if you people didn't know out there that pain clinics do exist and the, you don't have to do the, the same approach that we did where we kept trial and error, trial and error, do this, do that. Go to the experts, take a long-term approach. You have the diagnosis of Lyme or you're suspecting of that. Change your attitude to a long-term approach. Um, And, you know, for me, one of the things I kept trying to describe was bone pain. I kept saying, mm -hmm. like, my bones hurt. Mm -hmm. And it was my, my femur. I could feel my femur and my cervical spine and... You just feel all my bones. And that's not normal. I had never gotten to that place where I had said that before. And, you know, and even when someone says, gosh, I'm in more pain than when I ever was giving birth to my kids. Like, we should pay attention to those things Mm -hmm. and realize, like, oh, my gosh, there's people living with such high levels of pain that, that we have to clue into what they're saying and to empower them to try to fix some of those things. And that's one of the things I wish I had done sooner was, um, you know, I, I think one of the refreshing things about going to a pain doctor for me was he actually saw my pain. Mm-hmm. Because I saw him about every week, there were days or weeks that I would have these flare-ups and I was just spent. I have I now know that that was a herxing reaction and there was different inflammation at different points in my body but until he saw as you know they're giving me shots I'm in such high levels of pain that they're giving me shots directly into my muscles to try mm-hmm. to block some of those nerves and he could tell by the amount I was bleeding that my muscles were just as tense as, as could be right and to me my primary doctor we never got to that point where she physically understood what I was saying. It was, it wasn't until I saw the pain doctor and he had seen me and he knew all the things I was, you know, trying to do to eliminate the pain. And, and yet we were ending up, you know, right back where we were, despite what we were doing. But when he saw that pain, that was huge for me because I had been describing it for so, so many years that he really was seeing what I was trying to describe. Um, so if we can summarize your pain is fight story is don't stop fighting. Don't accept when you come to those moments where you realize this is not normal. Keep looking for the next solution. Keep fighting. Don't settle. Yeah, but- I feel like I settled because I was because I didn't know any different, because no one was offering me any solutions, I settled with very high levels of pain because Mm -hmm. I didn't want to take too many, which is wise, for sure. Right. But at the same time, you know, really having no understanding of what was going on and how 
really, truly, I did need right. extra support and extra help. And, you know, yeah. I've talked about Melanie Thernstrom. She wrote The Pain Chronicles, and right. that is a book my pain doctor introduced me to. And it's excellent. I would read it, listen to it on Audible, whatever your mode is, because she talks about the religious beliefs people bring to the table, mm. to their pain, cultural beliefs, familial beliefs. She talks about different wow. types of pain and how really even within our medical system, most of the treatments for pain are designed for acute pain. Wow. They're not designed for chronic pain. And yeah. there's so many studies... Um, and Who would with, ever know? That's amazing. Within this book, <laughs> they, she quotes a physician, and he said, chronic pain is like water damage to a house. The lo- Eventually, the house will collapse. If there's enough long-term chronic pain, just like if there's enough long-term water damage, eventually the house collapses because you can't live within within those levels of mind excruciating pain as we continue on with the heel portion uh to get a little bit specific um i wanted you to talk about some alternative pain methods because we've talked a lot about high dose pills um you know we're usually talking about uh pills that are you know when you were at the er when i'm sorry when you were at the pain clinic you were taking an assortment of pills yeah i was taking Pain, several yeah. different types. Several different types, okay. All the, have been known to be addictive and, and have trouble. So we actually... Correct. Once we understood that we are long-term, we started looking at some alternative ways uh, because we knew that it could damage your liver. They're meant... Payments right. were designed for trauma, not for long-term. So one that, that's an important part for us, more important step for us. We realize we need to start looking at this long term. Yeah, I, yeah. Once I kind of came to be at peace, understanding like, okay, I I have to take this because my pain mm. is just off the charts. Then then you then I felt like there was a couple of years where that was okay. You know, it wasn't great, but right. I adapted. But then eventually the pain just came back. It didn't matter how far away I pushed it. Eventually the pain just pushed forward. And so when I was really feeling like I was already maxed out on pain meds, that's when we started looking into medical cannabis card um, and, right. and also alternative treatments. And, and I wish I had known that there were alternative treatments available like coffee enemas because I- well I, now let's yeah that you're making a good point there because to explain to people our our, our state of mind we hit were the we didn't do a whole lot of alternative medicines we weren't cannabis medical cannabis people like this is all kind of new stuff so this oh, yeah, is all totally. new the more desperate the more years that went by the more desperate we got <laughs> yeah we we're kind of converted hippie yeah, we're totally hippies now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> you you come to these places where, well, if it doesn't work, that's the thing. Like, for yeah. me, it everything eventually quit working. And yeah. honestly, here here's another thing to think about is, for me, as things quit working, I was kind of thinking that it was probably the law of diminishing returns. 
So like the longer you take pain medicine, and this is what they tell you, the longer you take it, the more you need. And so for me, it was even hard to figure out, okay, first of all, what kind of pain, but then was this a pain that needed to, I didn't understand that even if you're taking pain meds, you can really pursue these alternative sides. I kept just thinking one thing might eventually start working or someone would figure it out. And I wish I would have just taken a much more holistic, broader approach and said, yes, while I'm doing these things, I am also going to be doing coffee enemas. I'm also going to be doing literally anything else I could figure out. Okay, babe. So now as we move into the healing part of, um, we've talked a little bit, but I kind of wanted to hear one more story from you. Um, well, not a story, but a recommendation. You were telling me earlier about a natural path. Yeah. Um, you know, in addition to having um, a primary, in addition to having a pain doctor and whatever other specialists you see, I wish I would have known, I didn't understand that there was such thing as a naturopathic doctor. And I remember wishing, I felt like I was always doing that, like taking the advice my chiropractor gave me and trying to merge it with what my MD was saying. But I didn't know that you could just go see a doctor who specializes in both alternative Mm -hmm. and traditional medicine. And once I started doing that, doors just started opening for us on a a lot of levels that Mm -hmm. I, I hadn't even been aware of. And so um, coffee enemas are part of that. And for me, there was, a, and you shouldn't necessarily do coffee enemas without juicing. At least that's what it says in the Gerson um, book. They yeah. really say you need to do them together so that you don't get dehydrated and different things. So is that something that was introduced, you know, coffee enemas, and, and that was introduced to you through the that um, program to the actually at that point I had a chronic fatigue diagnosis and mm. I had been um the Gerson Institute they have you can go look on Gerson therapies and the Gerson Institute and they treat chronic fatigue mm. and since that was really the last diagnosis that I had been going off of right. when they said that they could treat it I thought okay great um but you couldn't even go out to their clinic and this was interesting Patients with cancer can go, but if you have a chronic fatigue diagnosis, you have to be on the protocol of juicing six times a day and three coffee enemas a day for at least, it was four to six weeks at that point. And so... Yeah, that's intense. Yeah, and we were planning on me going out to one of these clinics, and in the meantime, we ended up getting the Lyme diagnosis and going out to Shea Medical instead, but when I was reading... I, you know, have that chronic fatigue diagnosis and there's not a lot of people treating chronic fatigue and they had a lot of really great stories of people who were healing and I really wanted that mix of both alternative and traditional medicine because I feel like they're both really valid. Right. So your suggestion is for those out there is to just go look up a naturopath. It's just another perspective. And I mean, just like within a business, you have people that, you you know, you have a team that leads you in a direction. If you're running a business, you have a CPA and a lawyer and a bookkeeper, and you have these different aspects. You have to approach 
your health in the same way. And I waited too many years to start getting multiple opinions in. And Mm -hmm. I didn't, and honestly, it was hard for me to hear my MD say (laughs) one thing and then infectious disease say something. And it was always hard for me to reconcile all these medical people having different opinions. But you have to do that. You have to take all those different opinions and follow your gut and figure it out. And honestly, I just didn't know that there were more options out there. Nobody sits down with you and says, here, let's figure this out. Traditional medicine isn't working. And so we need to start considering other things. And there's a lot of really great things about alternative treatments. Right. Okay. Liv, what are you doing now that helps you manage your pain? What are some of, uh, what, t- take us through, more specifically, take us through a daily protocol of what you're doing to help manage the pain. Uh, just so people can understand kind of what the other side of treatment looks yeah, like. Yeah, that's a great idea. So, um, We've talked about this a little bit, but really the reason that this whole podcast came into existence was because um, I've been talking to patients, potential patients who are considering going out for Lyme treatment. And so I've heard a lot of their stories. And within those phone conversations, Aaron was like, hey, you should record those or we should air this so we can talk about these things. And um, so pain being such a huge issue, people want to know what my protocol is. So I do consider myself in remission. Um, I have very good scores on all my blood work and um, I'm not in pain and I'm increasing my stamina still every every month that goes by. I feel a little bit better. Um, so, But within that, people are often very... Uh, astounded by the amount of time that I spend on my protocol to right, stay yes, out so of tell pain. Us more about that. So every day, and you know, I do obviously miss a day here and there, but I never miss two days in a row. And so that's kind of been my marker is um, I've got to exercise. And I couldn't have done this before the I got on top of the symptoms. The pain was just too much. Um, but now that I'm not in pain and I'm working on overcoming a lot of the atrophy, so I either walk or do yoga every single day. And um, in addition to that, I do coffee enema once or twice a day, depending on how I feel. Um, I also juice, and I have an organic juice mix that they recommended. And so I do that every day to make sure I'm just flushing my body full of antioxidants. And um, and then supplements. And I take, I don't know, about 65 supplements every single day throughout the day. And that's based on what my doctor out at Shea Medical recommended. And um, he went over your your nutrition. Yeah. And I can tell, like, if I don't exercise, I start to get more arthritic. And when I do, and I can stretch and And because I suffered and was not even physically able to do that stuff for so long, to me, it does require discipline, but it's actually so much easier. Every day is so much easier to live following my protocol than it is to live live in bed. And so some people don't like protocols. You know, everybody has to come to their own 
their own understanding of the disease, their own understanding of their symptoms, and take all of the information that all these different doctors are giving them yeah, and then kind of wrestle with and flush out something that produces results. And for me, this system produces results and I cherish the days I don't, I'm not living with pain and I'm willing to do it. And the more we learn, and that's a great point there you're making the fact that what works for some people doesn't work for others. And I think that's important because we have friends that what works for them doesn't work for you. So as you're going down this path with Lyme, it's important to understand that if it's not working, figure it, you know, try something else. If you're at the doctor and the morphine is not working, there's other options, there's other things. Unfortunately, there is not one one quick fix to Lyme. It is too complicated for that. So where we're left at is we have to keep gathering information. Okay, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, Like I said, uh, it was a hard episode to record, but we did cover some areas that we really wanted to just, you know, I just want you guys to leave with the fact that, you know, keep fighting Look for alternative methods, and if you've been in this fight for a while, you know, maybe it's time to talk to your doctor about uh, long-term or or alternative methods to treating pain other than prescription pills. Some of that information can be found on our website. You can hear Sarah's journey uh, in her blog. It's there. Thank you for listening, and and if you haven't done so already, subscribe. If you visit LimeVoice.com, you know, like I said earlier, there's a a bunch of products that you can... uh, look at and possibly use Sarah's blog also at linevoice.com there is a, a tab there one of our pages that can link you up to our donate page if you like what we're doing here at Voice and you want to support us feel free to fill that out i just want to leave you one thing i heard a quote do not let your circumstances define your reality disease is contrary to life Therefore, wherever disease exists, life must also fight to exist. Good job fighting, Lyme fighters. Keep it up. We'll see you next time. Lyme Voice contains general information about medical conditions and treatments. The information is not advice and should not be treated as such. Okay, Lincoln? Okay. The medical information on Lyme Voice is provided as is without any representations, warranties, expressed or implied. Okay? Okay. Lime Voice makes no representations or warranties in relation to the medical information on this podcast. You must not rely on the information on this podcast as an alternative to medical advice from your doctor or other professional health care provider. If you have any specific questions about your medical matter, you should consult your doctor or other professional health care provider. And for you, you consult your parents, okay? Okay. If you think you may be suffering from any medical condition, you should seek immediate medical attention. You should never delay seeking medical advice, disregard medical advice, or discontinue medical treatment because of information on this podcast. Got it, Lincoln? Got it. From the creators of Lime Voice and disappearing from society comes a brilliantly simple idea. But this time, it comes... As a Imagine a world in which birds can talk like people. You'll get a bird's eye view of life with Lyme disease as one bird family must unite 
to overcome the obstacles of life with Lyme disease. Guaranteed to make you laugh and cry. Written in a way that helps you articulate the losses you are experiencing as a household, while simultaneously empowering you to keep fighting. Little Bite, Big Trouble is available today at Amazon.com.